Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Two-Way Podcast. We are here with Eduardo Mole, and we're going to be doing another recap pod um, just around the NBA, what we've noticed, the biggest headlines, the biggest story, um, stories from around the league, um, and basically just what's going on. And I, let's just dive into it. I have a couple topics I wanted to bring up. First up um, is that the 76ers uh, won on a game winner by Shake Milton. Um, over the San Antonio Spurs. I just want to get, Eduardo, I want to get your thoughts on the Sixers as a whole and that game in general, too. Yeah, there, there was some interesting stuff with the Sixers. Obviously, you have um, the beef with Shake Milton uh, and Embiid, but you know, it's surprising. I didn't think, obviously, nobody thought that Shake Milton was going to be going off in two games. But, you know, some good stuff. Uh, like you said, uh, they won over the, the Spurs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's a team that they should be able to beat outside of a game winner. Um, still think there are a lot of issues with the Sixers team. Uh, but, you know, also there are a few inconsistencies when you look at the roster. You know, like we've said uh, before, Embiid, you don't really know what he's going to do every night. He can drop five or 50. And, you know, uh, even Ben Simmons, you know, obviously he always he has a little more consistency because of the rebounding and the passing. Uh, but, you know, sometimes he can't score. And then you have a few players, you know, kind of those role players that you can rely on a little bit more. But we've seen times that Tobias Harris was just terrible in the clutch. And, you know, Al Horford was dropping five and stuff like that. The Sixers team, uh, like a few other teams, you know, they're not really consistent. Uh, You have a few teams that you know they're going to get those buckets every day, every night. You know, uh, every player's role in the team, the Sixers team, you know, you never really know if you can rely on those certain players. Uh, the good thing about them is they have a lot of good players. Um, so you don't really just have to rely on one. Uh, a lot of teams that do that um, are obviously losing, you know. But look at the Suns. Devin Booker is a very consistent player. Uh, he always, you know, goes out there uh, and scores. And, you know, they're losing, and it's not because of him. But the Sixers, you know, a good thing, like I said, they have a lot of good players that they can do go to uh, if another player's not working, you know. If Embiid's not really um, going off that night, they can go to Ben. Um, obviously, he can't do everything by himself. But, you know, you have shooters um, like Tobias Harris, even Al Horford. Um, they have a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of gr- good roles that work together. Um, obviously, there are a few problems uh like and be that's not a great shooter so obviously he's going to stay more in the paint uh and then you have Ben Simmons which you know usually drives to the paint um but you know uh they have a lot of shooters great defense just not consistent all the time um but you know uh sometimes it happens that one player is just going to come out um surprisingly and just go off like Shake Milton yeah um just as in general I've been super disappointed um, with the results that the Sixers have put out on the floor. You know, I'm super optimistic of them. Um, you know, starting Shake Milton, moving Ben Simmons down to the four. four uh, I thought, you know, that might change something or something might start to click. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened. And um, I have completely lost all optimism for this team. This is a team that should be uh, by far the best defensive team in the league. When you look at the pieces they have, um, you have Ben Simmons, who might be one of – he's probably a top five all-around uh, best defender in the NBA. Um, and uh, you have – Josh Richardson is a good perimeter defender. Um, 
And you have Tobias Harris, who's a decent wing defender. Joel Embiid is one of the best presences down low. Al Horford, also a great defensive player. This team should be number one in the league, and they gave up 43 points in the fourth quarter to San Antonio. Um, Obviously, before the season, I was putting them at number one over the Bucks, over the Raptors, everybody, because they have a lot of potential. Um, But, you know, Ben Simmons, just before that, uh, with Indiana, he dropped 19 and 13. That's a good game. But then you go back to Milwaukee, uh, five and two, you know, it's just really inconsistent. But go on. Yeah. And, you know, I've just been really disappointed. Um, I had them up at number six in the power rankings. I mean, I would change that probably now to number nine or something. Um, uh, I have not liked what I've seen um, from Philly. Obviously, they have the talent. But something there is not clicking, especially on defense. And, you know, that's, that's a real problem when you get um, down the stretch and into these playoff games. Uh, I'm just not looking forward to Philly's chances of pulling off a big upset um, in maybe round two or something. Um, but I do want to move on to the next topic, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. They took down the Rockets last night. Um, and they looked really, really good. Uh, this is um, – the Blazers are a completely new team with Nurkic in there. Um, and it, it really looks like even after coming off that serious injury, Nurkic is 100% of what he was uh, before. And uh, he has been great. Uh, and Damian Lillard has been outstanding. I mean, I, I, I do want to ask you this, um, is that – is this the best Dame Lillard that we've ever seen? Uh, in the bubble or in the whole season? Because before this, uh, before the uh, I'll say in the in the bubble. Just right now, is this the best Damian Lillard that we've ever seen? All time, I don't know. He's had some amazing seasons that we've seen, you know. But he is doing amazing. Um, like you said, against the Rockets was basically a down night because before that he was always dropping thirty. You know, like double doubles, basically. It might be, um, you know, uh, last year in the playoffs against the Thunder, he was amazing too. Um, against the Nuggets, it kind of fell off. This, yeah, this actually might be. You know, there were a few seasons before, but you know, I think the Blazers uh, and Dame, they're in a really good position now, uh, and I feel like that kind of helps for him being a better player. So. Yeah, maybe, yeah, for sure. Uh, not for sure, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, he's been amazing. Like you said, the Blazers with with Nurkic, I didn't think that, you know, he was going to even come back 100%. Um, but he did um, even better, maybe. And it's like you said, it's a completely different team, you know, and he really kind of complements all the other players, you know. Um, even Melo now, uh, he's hitting those threes in the clutch. They're – They've just been amazing, you know. All the players are rising up and just really going out and playing good basketball. You have Gary Trent Jr. that's been dropping some good games. And, you know, obviously he doesn't need to be the star. But contributing like that is important, you know, especially to winning games um, against big scorers like the Rockets. And, you know, he has 16 before that when he won, 17. They, you know, the whole team was just playing together, playing amazing. Uh, Nurkic some amazing nights just uh like I said against the Rockets 18 and 19 before that 30 he's just been amazing uh Damien CJ the whole team um honestly they're probably gonna make the playoffs now maybe even get an upset I don't know 
you know, if they go against the Lakers, which they probably will, um, I could see them taking maybe two games uh, before yeah. I, I would have said one or maybe zero. But this team really changed. Uh, they're, they've just been amazing, really surprising to me, too, uh, in the power rank because I didn't even put them in. Um, big mistake on my part uh, with Nurkic. It's a whole new team. They've just been really great. Um, and winning big games like this against the Rockets, you know, they're probably going to make the playoffs now. Um, you know, maybe I would have wished um, to see John in the playoffs, but a comeback like this, you know, in the 11th hour, uh, you know, uh, in the NBA restart, just before that, they were not going to make it. And now they're there probably. You know, it's a, it's a great, it's just great to see uh comeback like that. The whole team playing together, playing amazing. Yeah. Um, I think I would argue that this is the best Damian Lillard um, we've ever seen. And, you know, because it's gotten to a point where, you know, you can expect uh, 30 or 35 from him pretty much any, every given night unless he's given, you know, a tough defensive matchup. But um, also the playmaking is so much better with Nurkic in there because I think he feels more comfortable throwing to a reliable big um, like Nurkic instead of Hassan Whiteside. Um, or some of the guys they were going to earlier in the year. Um, and, you know, I've just been really impressed with Damian Lillard. And uh, he has gotten to a point where um, he is one of the best uh, eight, seven or eight guys in the NBA. Um, and he, he, I mean, the, they're playing every game like it's a game seven. And um, they are certainly, even with the tough schedule, not disappointing. Um, obviously, you talked about Gary Trent Jr. I've been really impressed with him. Um, and, you know, some of the other guys, Zach Collins has spurts where he looks pretty good. Um, and, you know, Melo even, Melo's been really good. Um, I just like the direction this team's going in. Um, and I think they can make a real push against the Lakers. Yeah, um, just looking at the stats now, you know, this – probably is the best game has ever been. Uh, you know, even before um, the restart, he was also amazing too. Um, you know, 28 more than he's ever gotten. Uh, also, this might be the best Blazers team he's ever gotten, you know. Um, you know, uh, he had a few good players down in the beginning of his career, but he wasn't really the team we know now. This team now, it might be the best uh, that he's ever played with. Yep, uh, absolutely. And let's move on to um, my next topic that I want to bring up is um, some love for the Toronto Raptors. Um, this is a team that has consistently been uh, underrated throughout the entire season after losing Kawhi. Um, and, you know, they've really pieced it together. And they're a team that can give the Lakers trouble if they end up matching them um, in the NBA Finals. Um, and, you know, obviously they took them down. And they look really, really good. So I want to hear your thoughts on them. Yeah, like you said, the Raptors have always been underrated, um, overlooked. You know, even um, in the in the media, when they were playing against the Lakers, they were winning. The Lakers, uh, the like ESPN Bleacher Report was still posting stuff about the Lakers, even though they were losing. And you had amazing nights and people like Kyle Lowry, really overlooked by everybody. Um, and, you know, they really deserve a lot of love. Like you said, they've been really great. Um, you had a lot of players. Um, and like, like I said before, they have consistency. Um, even if you don't have a great night from someone, you can go to someone else 
and that other player will contribute. He's not going to get, you know, a terrible game because sometimes the player can't do the star role that game, but he can still contribute off the ball, uh, doing a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and you've had amazing games from Cal Lowry, uh, Fred Van Fleet, uh, against the Lakers, like you said, it's a hard matchup to do because they're deep, they have amazing defense, and offense too. I mean, it's really hard to match up uh, to a team like this. And like as, like you said, if they catch the Lakers in the, the finals, it's going to be a problem. Um, you know, I can see them taking the series to maybe even seven um, because they've just been really surprising. And they definitely deserve a lot of credit. Everybody, really. Um, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Cal Lowry, um, Nick Nurse. They just really, they work as one entity, one unity. And they've just really ballin, really been balling. you know. They've just been really amazing, really surprising. And, you know, I feel like we need to start respecting this team more. I feel like we really need to start considering them one of the best teams in the league, um, you know even without Kawhi. At the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to be maybe a sixth seed. But, you know, all the players have shown up, shown up and shown up and balled and just been amazing. And the media still doesn't give them the respect they deserve. Um, this team has just been really great, really surprising. Um, and like you said, they definitely deserve a lot of love. Yeah. Um, I've been really, really impressed with them. And now that I'm thinking about it, um, I feel like it would be really a, a bad matchup for the Lakers um, if they were to face the Raptors in the finals. It, it honestly wouldn't be all that much um, better than Milwaukee. Because uh, when you think about it, you know, they have multiple guards that can handle the ball. Lowry, Van Vliet, Norman Powell. Um, they have Siakam to guard LeBron, who can at least um, – and they have some other guys to switch on to LeBron. They can at least, you know, at least uh, contain him a little bit. Um, they have Gasol and Ibaka um, that can limit AD, uh, and they're deep, uh, and they can take advantage of the Lakers' weak bench. And I just think it's a terrible matchup for the Lakers, and I could actually see Toronto beating the Lakers in a series. Um, as crazy as that sounds, uh, I think Nick Nurse can strategize to take advantage of the Lakers being so top-heavy, um, and uh, I, I like their chances, uh, if they can get out of the East, to put up a fight against the Lakers. Yeah, and like you said, the matchup is horrible because they're really opposite teams. The Lakers have two stars, and that's who they go to. Um, the Raptors are literally the opposite of that. They don't have that big star. They have a bunch of amazing players, not at the level of uh, AD and LeBron, but when they work together – and they can all contribute to the game. It's They're an amazing team. Uh, and, you know, they will put up a big fight against the Lakers if they go to the finals. And, you know, uh, Nick Nurse, like you said, an amazing coach, and he can strategize to uh, get those advantages uh, to really, you know, uh, put some pressure on the Lakers team. Because when they played, you know, uh, like you said, they have some amazing defenders. And they, they showed up, you know. Uh, obviously, LeBron still had 20 and 10, but that's not nearly enough because they only have him and AD. And when one of those don't, you know, play um, on the level that they normally play, it's, it falls on the other one. But then you still have a bunch of, of amazing defenders to lock up that other one too. And then it's just over. It's game over because the Lakers bench is terrible. 
and they can definitely not do anything against that Raptors bench. Yeah, um, and the next category I wanted to bring up is the Phoenix Suns. I mean, we cannot uh, avoid talking about them. They're 3-0 and since uh, this bubble has restarted. Um, they've taken down the Mavericks and the Clippers, and they've looked really, really impressive. Um, obviously, we've seen flashes from Booker, from Aiton, from Oubre, from all of those guys, but they've really put it together so far in this bubble. And um, obviously, they have no chance this year. I mean, it would take pretty much a miracle for them to make the playoffs, but um, they look really, really good um, heading into the future. And I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Yeah, uh, like you said, 3 0. Uh, in the first game, when it ended, we were uh, talking a little bit about Booker and Aiden, but it was against the Wizards. Um, so, you know, I don't think any of us really put any meaning, meaning to that. Uh, but then they beat the, the Mavericks, which was a surprise to me. And then they went out and beat the Clippers uh, with that uh, D-book uh, game-winning shot uh, before in the clutch. They were all amazing. In this offseason, uh, it, it was easy to overlook, but they really made some changes that really helped out um, Devin Booker, getting uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, Dar uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Dario Saric, all of them, uh, even Cameron Payne now in the bubble. It really helped out. Um, this team, they're actually really deep. Um, and before uh, last season, you had a few players like Miles Bridges that weren't really playing that great. Um, but now, you know, they're exceeding expectations. Uh, it's great to see. I'm a big fan of this, uh, this Sun scene. Because it's good to have one star player that you go to and then one that's, you know, not at the same level. Uh, it's not like an AD and LeBron level. Uh, one is definitely above the other. But then you have all those other players that can also contribute to the whole team. And, you know, they fit together really well. Uh, they have some great shooting, great playmaking. Uh, you know, sometimes you can't just go to D-Brook for everything. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, uh, I was about to say Anthony Davis, DeAndre Ayton, uh, showing out all those games, playing amazing. You know, before I thought he was a bust. Uh, not really, but going number one, definitely not. I will put him at, I don't know, six. But now, you know, he's maybe um, definitely better than Marvin Bagley. Not better than Trey Young, but still probably in that top five. Uh, this is the, the DeAndre Ayton that they needed. Um, and, you know, this might be uh, where he really picks up his game. Uh, let's see what they can do next season. Like I, like you said, um, this season it's a lost cause. But next season I can see him, you know, doing something. Uh, a little bit of moves in the offseason, get another good role player, and they can really do something next season. Uh, and also those young players progressing. This team uh, for the future is easy to overlook because you have some other amazing young teams like the Nuggets, but they have a big future. Yeah, um, you said a lot. You pretty much said it all about Phoenix. Um, I feel like I've always been a DeAndre Aiden truther. I loved him coming out of college. Um, I didn't think he was better than Luka. I thought Luka should have been the number one pick, but I thought Aiden was a, a pretty close second. And, you know, he's been really – uh, about as low-key as it gets for a number one overall pick. I mean, we've, we've honestly heard more about Markel Fultz um, in the past few years than we've heard about him. Um, and obviously he has had way more success than Fultz up to this point. Um, yeah, and I, I, he's, 
I also think it's easier to, to overlook a player that's just contributing to another star than a big bust. So I think that's one of the reasons that he was overlooked. Go on. Yeah. Well, he's really starting to develop um, as a, a nice big man, and he's going to be a, a really good player in the future for Phoenix, along with Devin Booker. Um, uh, and I really like the direction this team is going. Let's see if it um, keeps it up. Let's see if they can keep it up and uh, be more consistent. Um, and uh, But I'm excited to watch this team um, a little more in the future. But – um, let's move on to what is going to be our new segment for each one of these recap podcasts. Um, uh, every day for the upcoming games, we're going to pick one game against the spread that we think um, the outcome is going to go that way. Uh, and we're going to keep track of our record as we go. Eduardo, let's start with you. What is your game uh, that you like to point out today? Yes, yeah, so for today we had some – really easy games. When you look at it, you know, Brooklyn and Boston, even Toronto and uh, Orlando. But I wanted to go with something that can go either way. Um, and I went with the Utah Jazz over the Grizzlies. Obviously, we know the Jazz are a way better team. Uh, but, you know, let's see what this Grizzlies team can do, too. Um, you know, uh, the Grizzlies team, uh, like we've said before, they have a lot of interesting pieces. Uh, John Morant, Jim Jackson, I've been loving to, to watch Brandon Clark play. Uh, you know, it's a great team. The Utah Jazz, too. You had a few, you know, I just saw it yesterday, a few weird stuff uh, with uh, Donovan Mitchell maybe requesting a trade to Miami and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, this, this is going to be an interesting game to watch. I think they kind of match up really well. Both have some good big men uh, and some good guards, too. Uh, I think you know, maybe the Grizzlies can put up a fight, but I didn't go with the underdog. I went with a more obvious pick, uh, but it's not as obvious as, like, uh, even Philly and Washington, just because a lot of those teams are lost causes at this point, and I don't think the Grizzlies are yet. Yeah, um, you know, you took the Jazz. It was minus five, so you think they're going to win by five or more than five. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would take that if I had to pick. Um, obviously, the Grizzlies are a great team, but no Jaron Jackson um, for the remainder of the season. He had Torres meniscus. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, my. That's a big hit. Yeah. Um, that's a big hit for the Grizzlies, man. That That's good. That's really going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 going to be the John Morant show. That's, yeah. that's what it's going to be. Um, but – I, I would probably, if I had to choose, lay the five points with Utah. But I decided to go a different route and go with Boston, minus eight and a half over Brooklyn. Um, this is a team that upset the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Uh, but, you know, it's a back-to-back -back for them. It is, it is two for Boston, but um, I think, you know, that favors the younger guys with Tatum and, uh, and Brown and Kemba. Um, over, you know, Jamal Crawford, some of those guys for the, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. But um, I, I'm going to go with uh, Boston. I think that Brooklyn um, was not uh, – obviously they impressed us um, yesterday, scoring 119 points. Giannis against Middleton Bucks. only played 15 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if, the, uh, if the Celtics decide to try, they will beat the Brooklyn Nets – 
And I think they will beat them by more than eight and a half points. That's, uh, I think, you know, the line for the game yesterday was 18 and a half um, for in, in favor of Milwaukee. Uh, and today it's only eight and a half. And, you know, I think that's a little bit too low considering Brooklyn, um, how weak they are with all the guys opting out. Um, so what are your thoughts on Boston uh, minus eight and a half? Yeah, I feel like this is a fairly obvious game. Um, you know, it, like you said, it really depends on what they roll out, how many minutes um, players like Jason Tatum play. You know, but even if they play minimum minutes, uh, just kind of like 15, they're still really deep. Uh, they probably can take out this one by eight and a half. Uh, even if the star players only play 15, uh, just because I feel like they're a little bit deeper than the Bucks, um, and they only won that game by three. Uh, you know, uh, the Nets, you know, Luau Cabarro, I was watching this man, surprising um, is kind of the word. I, honestly, I know I know his name. I did not know his game. Uh, he's not great, but, you know, he played against the uh, the Magic uh, in the, the second game of the bubble. John 24 against the Bucks, uh, 26. But, uh, you know, this, uh, this team – is not really anything anymore. Uh, they're not going to do anything. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a lost cause. I would definitely take um, uh, the the Celtics by eight and a half, even if they don't um, play their star players uh, that much. Flurry Finch, how did you not bring this up? T.J. Warren, my man. Okay, so story time, draft day. Um, I was in the the movie theater. And I was just counting down the time because I really wanted to be home by the draft. And I was going crazy. I was checking my phone all the time, all the time. And then when I checked it, TJ Warren was traded for cash. And I was like, okay, uh, this, this is actually TJ Warren. Uh, that TJ Warren, that's the second best player in the Suns for cash in the 32nd pick. And I was like, okay, I guess. Um, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but obviously the Suns are famous for doing really stupid stuff. Um, uh, at the end, I really I watched the whole draft, but I was still kind of shook. Uh, and, you know, I, I paid no attention to the movie. Uh, but, you know, um, it, it was kind of weird because I was in doubt if this one had actually happened. Um, and because we don't really see any trades for just cash. Um, in a pit or whatever. It was the 32nd. Um, and I was, uh, and the second I was like, is this actually T.J. Warren? Turns out it was. And, you know, T.J. Warren, three games, uh, you know, he had 50, 30 in the others, and now he's going against the Suns. This is going to be amazing to watch. Um, he's also going against the, the, the Heat, or did I already go against the Heat? I think he did, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think he did. Yeah, and him and Jimmy have some beef. You know, I think it's going to be great to watch. Uh, it's going to be really entertaining, and I really want to see him ball out just to show the Suns how stupid they are. Um, just, you know, the Suns, it, like, sometimes they play some wild cards, and they're not really at, in a position to do that because their team is not good. Um, but, you know, TJ Warren, amazing to see. Uh, you had those memes where he did kind of a LeBron face, if you see the space, the game's over. It, it's fun to see. It's fun to see a player like that falling out. Yeah. Um, so, no, we, we were wrong. The Heat have not played the Pacers yet. 
um, in the bubble, but they play them twice, next Monday and next Thursday um, for two of their last three games in the bubble. Yeah. And uh, so those games are going to be interesting to see. Um, and obviously, TJ Warren has been lighting it up in Orlando. Um, you know, he, he, he has always been a really good scorer. I don't know about as a player in general, um, uh, but he can really contribute and give a spark um, for the in, for Indiana. Uh, in that Suns team, especially now with a lot of those players really playing yeah. the potential, they were going to be a lot better, just a lot better, because mm-hmm. probably their worst position, you know, might be Miles Bridges just because he's not really consistent. consistent. But like you said, TJ, TJ Warren is a consistent scorer. He just he, – he would fit back with this new, I guess, Suns team really well, um, and they're going to play the Suns and then the two times the Heat, like you said, and him and Jimmy have some beef. I want to see that. I really want to see that. TJ Warren, my man, uh, big surprise. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's been under the radar his entire career. I mean, he's quietly the leading scorer for the Indiana Pacers, averaging just a tick under – 20 points a game and you know he's really showed out and uh I look forward to see what he can do and um you know if if he can carry this uh Indiana team um without Sabonis I think that's going to be an interesting storyline um but that is going to do it for today's episode of the two-way podcast and we will see you later